Can a little deck of cards help you tell better stories? I think it can, and we're going to talk to Ron Plouffe, creator of StoryHow Pitch Deck. Check it out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Ron Plouffe. He is author, speaker, consultant, and I suspect he will also want me to say storyteller. He's the creator of the Story How Pitch Deck, a deck of playing cards that helps business people convert their ideas, messages, and presentations into memorable narratives. So, Ron, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. So, I've been writing about storytelling in business for at least 15 years, but man, is it hot all of a sudden. Why do you suppose that is? You know, I think there are a lot of subjects that become hot, and uh, as as we're starting to see more and more information, uh, more and more, say, content marketing, uh, that people are trying to figure out a way to get their messages to stick. And that uh, I think that they're starting to turn away from all of these new tools and all of these new um, uh, digital mediums, if you will, and maybe getting back to some basics. How do humans communicate? Humans communicate through story. Yeah, and I think the human word is, as you said, I mean, with the tools and the digital experience, I think people are craving the human experience maybe more than ever. Um, there's a great book called Sapiens that um, pretty popular, so maybe you've heard of it, but it essentially kind of follows the whole you know, path of how human beings, as we know them, came to be. And one of the things I found really interesting was um, that, you know, that we weren't always the highest on the food chain, meaning humans. I mean, there were a lot of animals out there that hunted us down and ate us, um, yep. and that our ability to tell stories and to, to and to craft a story that made people dream about a shared vision that they couldn't see – um, was really the difference. And I think that that probably goes as much to kind of the anthropologic you know, nature of storytelling. Absolutely. Uh, that, you know, that it's really popular for people to say that, hey, uh, storytelling is, is wired into our DNA and, and things like that. Uh, I've been real interested in digging into and finding out how uh, one of my favorite writers, and, and I, I now get to call him friend, is uh, Kendall Haven. And uh, I don't know if you've read any of, of Kendall's stuff, but he actually has done brain research where he's put um, leads on people's heads and did EEG readings of people as they were listening to stories. And some great research, but what's really interesting in there is he said that one of his conclusions – the only way that we learn is through story structure. The only way that people learn is through story structure. So if there was a big bad um, wolf or uh, a monster that uh, was hunting us down, the best way for us to learn how to avoid them would be to tell stories. Yeah. And, and to tell stories about how we could gang up on the big bad wolf. <laughs> I think that that was you know, kind of what led to it. So let's go to businesses. Um, if we are accepting this idea that, that businesses need to tell more stories and get better at storytelling, can you routinely say, well, yeah, here are the four core stories that every business needs to have? I mean, is it that structured? 
No, I hate that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people and, – and that's where I think a lot of people when they're talking about storytelling or they're trying to understand storytelling, that they get all wrapped up around the concept of story that's like big. Yeah. It, it's really big and it's epic and, and you need to um, know all of these things. What I've tried to do as a storyteller is just break down into – look, there are some little tiny things that you can do. Little tiny things that will help when you say something, help people remember it, help them apply it. And to me, it's it's those little tiny things. Now, if you start to use these tiny things over the course of a, a full story, you'll have a story. But to me, there are little, little tiny things. Let, let me give you an example because I don't think a story needs to be huge. I think that a story is about delivering a piece of information that makes somebody want to learn more. Mm. The example I like to use is the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. Well, great. That's a fact. And a fact stands on its own. That's a piece of narrative. No one really cares about, um, uh, about just the facts. However, if I changed it around just a little bit and I said the quick brown fox wanted to jump over the lazy dog – I've now used what I call a story statement. I've given you a piece of information, but it also probably places a couple questions in your mind that you want to know more. What what questions uh, popped into your mind when I said the quick brown fox wanted to jump over the lazy dog? Why did he want to? What was stopping him from doing it? Exactly. What's on the other side of the dog? (laughs) Exactly. Did he make it? So. Just by changing and putting that like that one word that that he wanted to jump over the lazy dog, there is a biological response. There is nothing you can do about it. I put those questions into your head. And so it's little tiny things like that that storytellers use by leaving a piece of information, but you want to know more. That, to me, is the essence of storytelling. And you think about, I mean, there's lots of places to tell stories, but you think about the public speaker. I mean, they're essentially up there telling a narrative of some sort. And you're right, that narrative can either be a statement of facts, which a lot of speakers do, or it can be something that that moves you to want to know more, which is probably the perfect definition of what a great speech is. Yeah. um, Robert McKee, who wrote a great book called Story, uh, I like there's something that he says is that all stories are narratives, but not all narratives are stories. And uh, that we can't really interchange narrative and story very easily because a narrative is just a collection of facts. And like you said, if you just put a collection of facts and there's nothing for people to really do, if there's no reason for them to apply those facts to what they need to do in their lives – they don't mean anything. However, if you put them into the context of I, I want to learn more, I need to learn more, now you're starting to get into the story zone. So as I mentioned in your introduction, you have created something called the Story How Pitch Deck. So you want to just explain what that is? And it's kind of ironic. I had somebody on a couple of weeks ago that uh, had created a, also a deck of cards and, and called it – oh, gosh, this is terrible. I'll, I'll – I'll look it up uh, <laughs> eventually, but, sure. but kind of a poker, you know, type of approach for working with sales training. Um, sure. So, so first off, just explain. You know, I have a deck of cards, like you think a playing deck of cards. Explain the uh, concept behind the deck. Sure. So, since I like breaking story down into little tiny pieces, uh, I came up with uh, sixty ideas 
that uh, I wanted people to be able to use in all different ways. Um, I break a story down to a very simple statement. A story is the result of people pursuing what they want. And so what that means is that there are people roles, there are events, the things that happen to those people, and then there's what they want, the, the things that are driving their actions. Well, those are the first three suits in the story How Pitch Deck. There are 15 roles, 15 events, and 15 um, uh, uh, influences. Influences, yes. And then there is the last suit, which are 15 techniques, little tiny techniques like the quick brown fox yeah. technique. Yeah, yeah. And so those are the um, – that's the way I've broken down the deck. Uh there's also some instructions on how to use the deck. You know, the mm -hmm. first time you might look at 60 cards and think that they are uh, a little overwhelming. And so there's some instructions that says, look, just take out these, these top eight cards and just go through those. But it's a way to get you thinking. And so the, the deck is designed for you to take an idea, a presentation, a piece of marketing or something to it, and then use the prompts on the cards to see if you can find your story. So, so obviously there are a lot of training videos and books and courses. Why a deck of cards? Because there's a lot of books and courses <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I really liked uh, – there was uh, um, uh, an author many, many years ago called Roger Von Eck, and mm -hmm. he came out with something called the Creative Whack Pack. Yeah, I remember and that. It was a deck of cards. Yeah, do you remember that? Sure, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so I have it. Uh, it, it went along with a book that he had called A Whack on the Side of the Head, and it was right. for creativity. And I really loved the concept. I, I've always carried it. Matter of fact, I, I kept losing decks because I kept loaning them to people and they wouldn't come back. And so what I wanted to do was, hmm, is there a way to, uh, to present story and storytelling into this format? And that's how I came up with the deck. Well, so uh, give me a couple of examples of or scenarios, you know, where somebody would. So, gosh, let's pull out the deck. Mm -hmm. So, so that's what I was saying. Give me a couple of examples, like in, oh. in an everyday business. You know, how would they use it? You know, when would they use it? You know, um, so think about a couple things. Uh, you're you have a piece of um, uh, marketing or a blog post or something like that. And maybe you have a bunch of facts and you're trying to figure out, hmm, how can we present this? Maybe there is a story behind that. Uh, I have others who use the deck to um, – you can use the deck to draw stories out of your clients. You know, a lot of times you go up to your client and you say, well, you know, what stories? And they say they just kind of look at you with sure. a blank stare. Yeah. But you can use uh, some of these prompts to say, well, what about this or what about that? And all of a sudden they say, oh, wait a minute. I, I have a story about that. Um, I, one of my favorite uses is I have, um, uh, a user, she's actually contacted me and I even wrote a blog post about her, but she is a, um, a loan underwriter and she finds that there are times when she looks at, um, someone who's applying for a loan and that the numbers don't really tell the whole story, mm. that there's something else behind them. And so what she tries to do is she tries to get under there to look at, say, the motivations, the, the things like that. And she writes a more complete um, underwriting uh, evaluation 
based on just using story. So she can explain it to her superior saying, no, I think that this is a good risk because of and essentially putting the numbers into a story. Okay, let's say I was a marketer at a firm and I my instruction for the week was to write a more compelling about us page for the website. Sure. How would I turn to the deck? Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's just say, you know, uh, you have, we know a story is the result of people pursuing what they want. So my question is, you know, what what did this company want in, in the about page? Why Why do they do what they do? Was there an event that actually led them to uh, their, their origin story? An origin story is great. Like, why did you start your company? Um, those are the type questions that the story how pitch deck is going to bring out. So, and again, it's hard. We're talking about a visual thing, and we're in audio only. But mm-hmm. so, so would I would I separate the deck into all four of these colors and um, and areas, or and then just start drawing from them to sort of stimulate thinking, or do is it more like I want to pick out four and hopefully put a story together from that? Really, there are different ways to use it, um, and there are instructions that you can you can just download from the site even without buying it to get get an idea of what it's about. But right. I actually, if you're coming to it for the first time, what I like to do is, you know, why don't you just start with the starter hand? And the starter hand is if you actually look at the um, uh, the story how pitch deck that you'll notice that the majority of the cards have a gray back, but that that there are some cards that have white backs, gotcha. and so um, I would say just call those out. And so, uh, like, you know, uh, in terms of techniques, you know, what is the purpose of your, your about page? What is the meaning? Is there some meaning that you want to have behind that? Yeah. Uh, the two influence cards would be uh, Jeopardy and Emotional Choice. So Jeopardy, is there a risk? Risk makes a story real interesting. Was there a risk um, uh, in in actually creating your company, or do you help uh, your your uh, customers uh, avoid risk or 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 handle risk better? Um, choice, emotional choice. A lot of times we don't think that we are emotional, uh, or emotion doesn't belong in business. Eh, wrong. We're emotional beings. And so, especially if you're looking at jeopardy or risk. So is there, was there some sort of emotional like uh, choice that you made? The two events were like the initial impulse and the ending. All right. Um, I like to start with the ending. You, you don't know where to start if you don't know where you're going to end. Well, how do you want your about page to end? What's the last thing that you want people thinking about? And then the initial impulse. What was the thing that set this story off? Um, uh, every story starts with and then, then one day. Mm-hmm. What was your and then one day? Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, you're like, so who's your audience for your about page? Is, is it someone who's you know finding their way maybe through a search engine or something like that? And then is there a protagonist? Is there a hero? There, you know, it doesn't always have to be. You know, it, uh, but uh, usually in business, I like to say that uh, the protagonist isn't you; it's the customer, and that you are actually just um, a minor character in their role as a protagonist because you're helping them do what they're trying to do. Hey, thanks for listening to the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. If you like this one, you might also like my other podcast, The Consulting Spark, where I interview independent marketing consultants and agency owners and talk about how they built their business and the struggles they face and what they love about being in this business. So you can check it out at ducttapemarketingconsultant.com. You know, quite often people associate drama with stories. Um, 
And then there are a lot of businesses out there that think, well, we just have, we just sell parts that make those buckets that go up on the trucks. But, you know, where's there a story in that? I mean, do you feel that there's a story in anything, any business, no matter what they sell? Absolutely. The, the great game of business is a big story. I mean, think about it. You're asking people to do an unnatural act to give you money. Right? That's, that's not a natural act. Uh, along with that comes risk. Um, and uh, think about it, uh, uh, especially if you're selling a high-ticket item. Someone has to budget for that. Or they have to steal somebody else's budget uh, to be able to pay for your product or service. Yeah, there is drama. Um, because that there aren't infinite resources, and since there aren't, and we're all kind of uh, working to, within these limited resources, things are going to happen. People are going to get budgets swiped. Uh, people aren't going to be able to fund their um, uh, their pet projects. Uh, these are all the things that happen in the normal course of business. Yeah. So I've used your cards, and I've got I've got really the the little bits, you know, of a better story that you talked about. But how do I become or are there ways for me to become a better storyteller? Because obviously you see you could give two people the exact same cards <laughs> and maybe the exact same motivation for what they're going to write about, but but the delivery will be completely different. Yeah, it's uh, it's practice. Yeah. Uh, really, it is. It's, it's like anything. It is practice. And... Uh, one of the things that I like to uh, have people do is if they do come up with a story, go tell someone mm -hmm. and then ask them about it and then refine it and go s tell somebody else and go tell somebody else. Uh, keep telling the same story over and over again. Watch your audience. See how they react. See the things where they lean in. See the things where they say, nah, I'm not, you know, it's just not that interesting. Uh, the best storytellers have empathy for their audience. And they're constantly wondering, am I telling them too much? Am I telling them too little? Uh, did they think what I, I was hoping they were thinking when I, when I offered this fact? So it, it does take practice. And unfortunately, I'm not convinced that a lot of people really want to put the work in um, to do it. Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, professional speakers uh, that I run across – uh, every day that that are not you know practicing that are not getting better at their craft. Obviously, they're ones that that spend you know an or inordinate amount of time uh, practicing, and I think uh, I think it shows. I mean, there certainly are people that seem to be gifted storytellers. I mean, even even people that don't do it professionally, there's always one uncle in the family that you know that yes. can always hold people's attention, telling about yes. the old days, and and so there you know there probably are people that are a little more wired for maybe the feedback they get when they tell stories. Yeah, absolutely. And But even that uncle gets to practice, yeah. right? Yeah. That they, they tell the same stories uh, uh, over and over again. Read an interesting thing where um, there are a lot of people that are afraid to like retell a story, mm -hmm. especially within an audience that might have heard the story again. Mm -hmm. The research actually said that people prefer hearing stories that they're used to. And that's probably why the uncle is always like, oh, uncle, tell us about the time that you crashed the boat into the you – know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah That absolutely. they want to hear the yeah, same yeah. – but maybe they'll pick up a new um, nuance or, or, or something like that. Yeah. It is funny, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, there must be something very comforting about it. Um, 
let's end with maybe give you the opportunity to talk about maybe one or two of kind of some of the most powerful ways that you've seen the pitch deck used. Hmm. Powerful. Uh, I just get little tiny tidbits from folks, yeah. right, on how they're using it. Yeah. And uh, like I said, one, I, mean, I would never expect a lone underwriter to right. be using yeah. the pitch deck. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, somebody else who um, uh, is actually it was in Belgium, and and he contacted me, and he mentioned that he used the uh, the pitch deck that it was their year end. Um, report mm-hmm. their year-end marketing report, mm-hmm. and they'd always done it the same way. And so he used the story how Pitch Deck say, "You know what? I want to present our marketing, our internal marketing, from the customer's perspective." And he used the story how Pitch Deck, and he totally changed the way they do um, the presentations. He had the CEO in the office. He said it was pretty scary because he really did break from tradition and how he did it. At the end, the CEO liked it so much, he asked him, hmm, can you help me with my presentations? <laughs> so um, I don't know if that's the best or the greatest, but it's a real-world example of how someone says, I'm going to use this tool to change things around a little bit. I am going to have empathy for my audiences and see if I can put information into a way that they best want to hear it. And there you go. Yeah, no, that's – that's a great example. I mean, think about all the people who've sat through these meetings that were just, you know, deathly, but that's the way we do it here. And, and imagine how refreshing that probably was. Absolutely. So, uh, Ron, tell us uh, where people can get the, the pitch deck and find out more about you. Sure. So if you want just information about me and the pitch deck, go to storyhow.com. And there you'll find a whole bunch of information. A, you could just download the instructions. They're right there. I just wrote my 106th blog post on storytelling. Uh, you can sign up for my Dragon Slayer Digest newsletter, uh, which comes out weekly. Um, and then learn what, a lot about the pitch deck, which is right there. And then you can order it on Amazon.com. Cool. Well, Ron, thanks so much for joining us today. You and I went back and forth. Uh, it took us a while to get this on the calendar, but I'm really uh, glad that we did. And uh, I'm I'm I've got my eight cards starter cards pulled out here and I'm going to go to work on uh, on my about page uh, and see if I can make it a little better. So thanks so much for sharing and hopefully we'll run into you out there on the road. Awesome. And let me know if you need any help. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I wonder if you could do me a favor. Could you leave an honest review on iTunes? Your ratings and reviews really help. And I promise I read each and every one. Thanks.